now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmarlroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands Thank you guys so much for waking up with us here on the Cold Heart Truth. How is everyone? Blessed, I hope. Listen, if you were able to get up this morning and uh, you can put a smile on your face, then I think that we should all be 
especially thankful for what is an amazing opportunity. Good morning to Morna. Miss Morna is here. Miss Morna recently posted a picture of herself on Facebook and wow, that was a beautiful picture. Absolutely gorgeous. Buenos dias to Miss Elizabeth and anybody else who is tuned in. Thank you guys so much from your Spanish speaking countries and we got Honduras represented, no doubt. Colombia. Normally we have a few people here from Colombia. Mr. Ernesto, good morning. How are you? Thank you for tuning in. I'm going bold with the lip color today. Mm. It's a very dark brown. I think it's one of those colors that you need to kind of mix with something or lighten it up a little bit because it's like really in your face. Good morning, Derek. How are you? Hello, Miss Ervalyn. The lovely Miss Bonnie is here. She says she does not watch anybody else. Every morning she's got it locked in. Thank you, Miss Bonnie. We appreciate the support. And uh, Miss Beulah is here as well. Miss Beulah, how are you? I trust that all is well. Senor Luis, buenos dias. Como estas? Tell us what's going on in the Cayman Islands. Cavell is here. Irvlin says, as far as she's concerned, it is a awesome Wednesday. And I agree. Andy, thank you, Andy. How you doing? Fernando. So today is a big day for Americans as they do the changeover from one president to the next. This is it. Trump is at the door. I saw an interesting headline yesterday where it said that um, his wife, Melani, what's her name? Is it Melania Trump? Melania Trump. Mm, how soon we forget. They're not even at the door yet and I'm already forgetting her name. <laughs> um, there was a, a comment about how she um, is preparing for her future while her husband is still stuck in the past. Not surprising that uh, comment because honestly, I kind of feel like um, he's probably lived a good deal of his life in the past. So good news, the new mugs are here. I got a um, message from FedEx. I'm trying to sort out the invoice though, because what happened was the company split the order with the pocket sockets. They were all in one invoice and obviously paid at one time. And then the pocket sockets came first in a different shipment. So duty has already been paid on those. And um, now the mugs are coming with another um, shipper. So um, they don't know that duty has been paid through FedEx for the first bit. Anyway, we just need to sort it out basically. So I'm trying to see if I can get the company to just adjust the invoice for just the items that were shipped um, in this particular order. But 
You know, when you deal with uh, overseas vendors, they don't always understand the ins and outs of having to deal with customs. And so when you try to explain it to them, you do your best and you're like, listen, you've got to be really precise. Like they sent me a payment receipt that only had my name and payment details and the payment amount, but no indication of what it was. I'm like, customs would never accept this. They need to know that this is what the shipment is. So we need a description, a product description. And uh, they just don't understand all of these things, right? And the last thing you want is any issues with customs. Border control. Um, so speaking of border control, someone was saying to me yesterday that there was a ship recently. Remember last week we mentioned on our, our Facebook page that there was this aggregate ship that came in. Um, the helicopter was out that day. I think it might have been last week, Wednesday. So the the helicopter was out. Um, CBC was out. So the rumor is, and again, I have no way of confirming this at this point. We've inquired with the police and they haven't actually said anything yet. Um, the rumor on this front is actually that that was a Colombian ship that came in full of, apparently it had some... You know, they can, listen, they get very creative um, with drug smuggling and people smuggling and all kind of stuff, right? So it had some kind of underbelly in the hall or something. And uh, I'm hearing, um, that uh, it was full of cocaine, like a lot of, a lot of cocaine. You know, people always exaggerate, but we're hearing that it's a high dollar figure. So we'll keep our eyes and ears out um, for the news and see what the police have to say. There was also um, an incident. Um, last night in West Bay where a pregnant lady was actually robbed of her handbag. Unbelievable. But that's exactly what happened. Unbelievable. Apparently she'd gone outside. I'm not sure what she's doing outside, but it doesn't matter. Um, I hate when people say stuff like, what was she doing outside? Well, it doesn't matter what she's doing outside. I mean, we should be able to walk around outside and freely um, as we please. So she went outside of her apartment off of uh, Town Hall Road, not that far from the school and the little town hall. And um, she was, it was two men I suspect they were watching her and they jumped out of, jumped over a fence or something and grabbed her handbag and robbed her at gunpoint. Gone are the days when you would never hear such a story or you hardly ever heard such a story in the Cayman Islands, quite unfortunate. And uh, they actually pushed her down we know someone who knows the victim, so we got some first-hand accounts. Precisely what happened. 
pushed her down and, um, you know, unfortunately, she um, lost a, a handbag with cash in it and iPad and different things for her kids. But thankfully, she was not seriously injured, although such a trauma when you are pregnant could um, spiral out of control. You have to remain very calm and quite honestly, um, be very careful because any trauma that a mother sustains, a baby is also sustaining, including just uh, elevated and unusual stress. So that's quite unfortunate. So I was very sorry to hear that. I mean, at first we heard that there had been a robbery. And of course, you don't always get all the details immediately. So we had to update the story. Once we realized that uh, there was a bit more to the story. And these are the details. This is where CMR is like different from other people, from other media, I should say, in the Cayman Islands. And that, you know, we're going to give you these types of details because we people want to know. People want to know more about the victim. People want to know more about potentially the assailant. So um, the victim said that they had a Jamaican accent. Uh, hopefully we can get some additional description on them that can lead to some sort of an arrest because it seems like they may have been caught at least partially on camera. So someone's ring camera um, picked them up. So... Can I tell you, folks, it is always a good idea, no matter where you live, to invest in some good cameras. Cover your house, cover your neighbor's house. Um, you know, we've had before neighbors come to us looking for footage after there was an incident at their home. So it wasn't even related to us. We've had a couple of times in one instance, a guy's, um, he had equipment stolen. He was working on uh, a development that was close to us, one of these Frank Hall developments. And he left his air compressor or something, the job site, and someone went and stole it, folks. Brazen thieves in the night. And so when he started looking around at adjacent homes, he noticed that we had a camera up and he was like, can you check your camera? Because the property was not that far from our property line. Another instance, midday, someone went into a neighbor's house, stole their TV and games and all sorts of stuff. And yes, again, they came to us and they were like, oh, you guys have a camera. Did you catch anything? In that instance, we actually caught the car. We, we were able to um, pinpoint the actual time of the robbery because we saw when the car, the vehicle drove into there because they have like a, um, I think that's a half moon driveway. You drive in and then you can go out and come back on the road. And um, yeah, so it caught part of that incident. So it caught the car going in. And we could see like what time the dogs in the back were barking and stuff like that. So folks, all I can tell you is, um, you know, let's uh, just be careful. Install some cameras out of an abundance of caution. 
And um, for me, that's just good advice. Really good advice. So I'm going to put up the um, the link on the website now for those of you who want to um, remind your friends who may not have access to social media that we do put it on the website. They can watch it directly from the website. The other thing, folks, that we do is um, we will <clears throat> put the link for people to join. Now, I know yesterday it was a little bit confusing. It seems like people were clicking on the wrong link. So when I say join the conversation, I mean, if you would like to jump in and have your say. And we want you to do that. We just want to make sure that that's what you're intending to do. And it seems like yesterday we were confusing a lot of people. Um, so maybe I'll change the wording this time to something a little bit different so that people don't get uh, so easily confused. So let me put that up here now. Anyone interested, jump in. Um, maybe I'll say, want to share your views? Yes, we'll do it like that and see if that makes any better sense for people. So a lot of persons, um, older individuals, older Caymanians, you know, they enjoy listening to the radio. Sometimes I feel like that might be the only company that they have. And um, we have had some comments here about, you know, what can we do to reach that particular uh, sector of the population? So one of the things that I had a suggestion about, and I actually contacted one of our telecom partners was um, why not, and this is just an idea, do a promotion where we can um, deliver smartphones at no cost to these persons in the elderly community. So we'll do a little partnership drive. And this allows us to um, then show them how easy it is to get access to content. You know, they can listen through a variety of different ways. Once we're back on YouTube, they can certainly listen through YouTube. There is Facebook, there is the website, and there's so many possibilities for them to listen to other content as well. So um, I did make the suggestion last week. I was actually, as I landed in the BRAC, I was talking to um, one of our telecom partners. We're waiting to hear back from them. And uh, we'll see what they say. I think it's a fantastic idea. You know, uh, Derek is joining us. Good morning, Derek from Jamaica. Good to hear from you. Crystal is here. She's got it locked in. Crystal uh, is praying that the inauguration day goes well. I think we all are. Um, honestly, there is, you know, it's such a, it's going to be such an unusual inauguration because of all that has transpired thus far. Um, the riot in Capitol Hill has changed a lot. And so we have to be incredibly mindful of um, how this flushes out for American friends. Let's hope. Let's hope that it's everybody remains calm. And I read another interesting headline that some militia leaders were telling their followers to stand down. I mean, America, this isn't 1601, 
where you have to go out there um, and do this sort of thing, you know, and, and it's not being done for the right reason. They're following someone who has been less than um, genuine in his approach to everything that he has done. I mean, it's Donald Trump has sent Americans back 50 years, in my opinion, and it's probably going to take them that long to recover from the damage that he has done. I mean, his legacy will um, live on far beyond anything that it should. And it, it is unfortunate. Now, listen to this latest news. This came out at 1232 a.m. this morning. President Trump pardoned Steve Bannon, his former chief strategist, who was yet to stand trial. It blows my mind. How can you pardon someone who's not even been convicted? I don't even know if that's possible. But remember, guys, he wanted to pardon himself? Unreal. So Carol says at gunpoint, wasn't she just near where I live? Yep, it was at gunpoint, unfortunately. Uh, Faber is joining us from New Jersey. What's up? What's up, Faber? Thank you so much for keeping it locked right here to the cool hard truth. Irvlin says she loves those Ring cameras. Well, you know, Ring makes a whole product line of stuff. Um, they've got the door ones, which everybody has. And everyone loves those. Um, and yeah, they're good. You know, you always get notifications on your phone. Uh, you check in, you can talk to people. But long before Ring was a thing, um, I had uh, a camera called the Kuna. And they've since changed names, I think. But they are, they are sturdy and they last forever, I must tell you. And the good thing about the Kuna, though, it has to be hardwired, but it's not just a camera and intercom system. It also is a light. So it, it turns on, you know, motion sensor light. Um, so it has a little bit more functionality and it looks like a proper light than the ring camera. The ring camera is so obvious that it's a camera. The Kuna lights are really not as obvious. Uh, they look like a light and then they have a camera uh, with a wide angle view embedded, but it's very similar to the ring in the sense that you can talk to people at the door. Um, it's not a doorbell. So, you know, you would have to get, when you get the alert, you'd have to speak to the person, but it has a lot of functionality in it. That's really awesome. And ring also makes floodlight ring camera cameras, Irvine. I don't know if you know this or not, but um, that is, uh, that is, um, Something that's great. Uh, we have realized that the good thing about the floodlight cameras is they give you that ability. They're motion censored, so they do turn on the light. So they do have a light feature built into those. Um, so I find that those are quite handy. And um, there are lots of other camera options out there. So of course you've got to be careful because thieves have a way of um, trying to work around things. So the ring cameras are incredibly useful in the sense that um, they store stuff in the cloud. So it, cloud storage means that someone can't come into your house and steal your um, hardware that is storing the stuff on it. So of course, cloud storage requires the internet 
And if the internet goes down or you don't have a good internet connection, then you may have a problem there. So, you know, we live in a very tech savvy household. And so my husband's got everything covered in terms of, yes, there is stuff stored in the cloud and there is stuff stored locally. And, you know, um, thank God too, because I'm gonna have an update soon for you guys on what the DPP's office is doing um, about, you know, our um, our case where someone actually vandalized my car. So as soon as we get an indication of what's happening there, we, we will certainly let you guys know. So safety, you know, we can all take as many precautions as we want, but if the criminals are hell bent on breaking the law, Lord knows that they're gonna do it. Good morning to Barbara. Barbara, by the way, did you go pick up your pocket socket as yet? They're still there. And the young man at the office has said that um, no one has come by. And I know a lot of you have, have said you wanted a pocket socket. So don't forget, I sent you some directions on where you can go during the day. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to get to me. So I've left them in an office location that's centrally located, not too far from the airport in town. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Lizette. Thank you for tuning in. Irvin says that he's the worst president ever. Lizette says he's not worse than the Honduras president. <laughs> Jackie tuning in from Oak Ridge, Rotan. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there is there like a competition for who's the worst president? Maybe we should all be voting in that. Who's the worst world leader? So... Um, I've got some, this is one of the teas that I drink often. This is chamomile, honey, and lemon. And it's actually really, really good. And I add just a little tips of um, fresh honey from our farm in Jamaica. I say our farm, like we really have a huge farm, but it's uh, my husband's family. They were in the bee business. Um, I don't know with his dad passing away who would really maintain the bees because his dad did that. And, uh, you know, there's a whole art form to maintaining bees and all that good stuff. But he would always send us like honey. And so my daughter associates um, honey with her grandpa. She's like, grandpa's going to send us honey. And it's like, yep. Delicious. Hi, Jackie. Olivia, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Faber says the whiz, is that how you spell it? Camera is the best. Only cost $26 here. Oh, I've not heard of that one, but I'll be honest with you. Um, there are tons of options out there. I would not be surprised about it all. Um, for some reason, my internet seems really slow today. Let me just check something. I need to do a speed test because something seems extremely slow. Like everything, like I'm just trying to open web pages and they are just like twirling and whirling and going nowhere in a hurry. So let me try to see if I can do a speed test to see what's going on. Like a web page should not take, it says service temporarily unavailable. Okay, well, that's not good. Uh, a standard web page should not be taking like 10 minutes to open, you know? So something's, something's amiss here. Something is amiss. But I don't wanna mess with anything because if we get a connection that's dropped, um, the show, because we're online here, folks, Obviously, the show kind of goes down as well. So, um, 
like I see people sending me stuff on my phone and the WhatsApp desktop is taking a while. It's whirling and twirling. So it's taking a while to come in. So let's see what's going on here. Um, so yes, thank you guys so much. I'm still trying to open up this page about Trump and it's just ain't Good morning to Ms. Sue. Uh, we'll check out that camera, Faber. Um, but like I said, there are tons of options on the market for people certainly to check out. And, um, you know, if you're looking for more budget-friendly option, that sounds very budget-friendly. Um, I think the Ring camera has a reputation because, not, number one, it's now owned by Amazon. They purchased and bought at the company. And so there are lots of marketing and so forth behind that. And it's integrated with a lot of your smart devices. So I'm just having a look at this company. So thanks for that. It's W-Y-Z-E. I said Z the English way, which I normally don't, but there you go. And they have a bunch of, um, they have doorbells, uh, cameras, indoor cameras. Um, they do headphones. They do a smart thermostat. Apparently they even do a lock, like a door lock, a scale, a vacuum. So they have a lot of tech things. They have the bulb. This reminds me of, um, we have a, we have a home integration system. That's kind of like this where, um, the, uh, front door you can unlock from Alexa and different devices. You can control the thermostats and turn lights off and on and all sorts of stuff. So I can actually say to Alexa, turn on the chandelier and she'll turn on the light at the front door. Um, or I can say, turn on this bedroom lamp or whatever. So there's a lot of integration. What I find with some of these companies, I mean, I've personally never heard of this Wiz or Wise company, um, but you have to be careful sometimes buying strictly proprietary stuff that only works with their devices and nothing else. So we try to buy devices that have a little bit more, um, you know, expansion capacity. So the locks that we get and the lights and fixtures and whatever, they can work with Alexa, but they also work with other integrated. Um, like we have a hub, like a door hub that is a smart door hub and it does all sorts of stuff. Child, I'll leave that to the expert. I just be like, remind me of how to turn it on. That's kind of, I just need to know the command. But yes, you can. Um, so technically if we're not home, we could open our front door from our phones. We have the phone app. Um, remotely to let somebody in the front door. And I actually get a notification every single time my front door is opened. So um, even if something were to happen to our cameras and we couldn't actually see what was going on, the second my front door is open, I get a notification on my phone that front door has been unlocked. So anybody unlocking my doors, I know. Um, it's kind of interesting though, because it makes me chuckle every time we... Remember that story with the English officer who was cheating with her superior and the husband, we talked about this a few months ago, the husband caught her cheating because of the ring camera, some sort of security camera at the door. So you have to be mindful, not that anybody around here would be doing that, but I'm just saying you have to be careful um, and mindful of the fact that anything you say and do is being captured in some form or another. Good morning to Miss Sue. Good morning, Darlene. Uh, lots of love from the UK. Thank you so much. 
the beautiful thing about it is when you're not doing anything wrong and you're just being yourself, you don't normally have to worry about those things. Um, Crystal says, I believe that all residents in Vela, that's an apartment complex, um, a condo complex in South Sound, have ring cameras. To me, that's a great idea. And to be honest, when people, um, you know, build these developments now, I think security should be at the forefront of their minds. So they should be installing security cameras for the entire property at the time of construction, because of course that's the easiest time to lay the foundation for your networking cables and all that sort of stuff. And yes, put in, you know, Vela is a big uh, development. It's a big complex with hundreds of um, condos in that area, you know, of different sizes and so on. So um, put in the infrastructure at the build, build stage for all the networking cables, all the cameras, like they should have one at the entranceway to see who comes in and out of the gate. They need to have, you know, cameras that are placed high up so that no one can gain access to those. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of capacity for people to do these things in advance. And if you purchase a home now and it has, you know, existing um, security features, it certainly makes your life a lot easier. But there are always times that you times that you will have to upgrade. So recently we upgraded from um, HD cameras to 4K cameras because 4K cameras are now a bit more affordable. And the quality difference, because remember, I feel like this is Tech Thursday, but it really isn't. It's actually Wednesday. Um, remember now that the um, the quality in a 4K uh, device, 4K camera, is four times HD. That's what 4K stands for. So it's four times HD. Um, so we do have live footage of the president leaving the White House. Let me just see if we can open this up folks, and share this a little screen share here. Uh, see what's going on with President Trump. I heard that they were actually, even the military was refusing to give him a military send-off, which is so sad because of what happened the other day. Um, he's done it to himself. Good morning, James. Uh, Faber says that he loves Rotan. Great camera, great reviews, free iCloud. That's nice. He has two plus the blink cameras. All right, nice. Um, yeah, man, the internet is crawling today. So let me see if this is a live, if we can pull up this live stream of President Trump leaving. I wonder at what point he started actually packing his belongings. Do you think he started? Or because he was unwilling to accept the results, was it a situation where he um, he probably just had other people like they're going to pack up for him today kind of thing. I'm not sure. So we do have a live feed here. Let me see if I can. Someone just uh, Randall Myers. Uh, I don't know who he is. He's in Facebook. And he says, well, bye. <laughs> Um, a lot of people are just not going to miss Trump, folks. I mean, I got to tell you the truth. This man has not done himself any favors at all. And it is what it is. Um, what a mess. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So I'm just trying to see if I can 
bring this up. Oh my gosh, the internet is atrocious today. After I get off of the internet, um, I will definitely see if my husband can restart everything because something is definitely very, very slow. Um, I'm just going to do a speed test for my phone. But of course, my phone is actually on the LTE network and not the Wi-Fi, which is unusual. I feel like something's going on with the home network. Well, it would help if I turned on the Wi-Fi in my phone, first of all. Um, okay, so it's it's kind of choppy. Can't quite bring that up. So let me see if I can try another option. It could just be my web browser, to be honest. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you about that. Uh, sometimes I have a lot of things open. And my, my husband always says to me that I like to use... Um, that I always like to use Chrome, which he says is a resource hog. And um, I'm like, really? But I prefer Chrome. And he's like, you might prefer Chrome, but Chrome uses a lot of resources. And so it makes it challenging when you are trying to do different things because I have so many tabs open at once. And he always says to me, why do you keep so many tabs open. So I'm going to close a few of them because I do feel like maybe that could be part of the issue that I'm having this morning, but I don't have that many open compared to what I normally do. So I don't know what's going on, but, um, yep. So president Trump is out the door. He's leaving. Um, this is it. January 20th, this is the day, Inauguration Day, and the Bidens move in. Now, Joe Biden is the oldest president. Um, yeah, I mean, this is horrible this morning. I can't, I literally cannot um, get a page open even. It's like just spinning and spinning and spinning. What on earth? Ay, caramba. So Joe Biden is actually the oldest president in the U.S. Uh, history. Um, and that says, I think, a lot. <laughs> uh, Trump, I believe, might have been the second oldest. Like, he's up there. What's the medium age um, for presidents? We have to look some of this stuff up. But, yeah, Biden is definitely pushing it. In terms of age, um, you know, we're hopeful that with age comes a degree of um, maturity. But who knows? We will certainly see about that. Um, hmm. So yeah, we can hope that this presidency will be uh, much better than the last one. So um, Sue says, Joe Biden sure got a hard job to sort out what Trump has done, has made unbelievable. Good morning, Marshall. Um, 
Well, you know what, Sue, that is quite interesting about that situation is the very first thing that he will do, actually, um, is um, fix the immigration or try to fix and change some of the immigration things. Good morning, Noel. Thank you for tuning in. So uh, that's already, he's already got his plans ready to deploy. And I was reading just yesterday that um, he will be working on something as it relates to um, immigration reform. And I think he's going to undo this policy with the children in particular, um, where they're being locked up without their parents and so on. So I'm just telling my husband there's something wrong with the internet today. It's really crawling. Hey, Larry. Larry's sending us a picture. I'm just waiting. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful, Larry. Let me show you what Larry's looking at this morning. Um, I'm waiting on my Caribbean connection, folks. They're going to probably be jumping on about 830 or so. Today, folks, is the last day for you to register um, to be able to vote in the May election. So if you've not done so, if you've been procrastinating and putting it off for some time, this is it. You got till 7 p.m., not a minute after that. The elections office will be closed. I sent in my forms last night because I do have to, um, I do have to change name and address information. So I've now done that and I've sent my supporting documents. And uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock and roll. So, yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but my stuff is in. So make sure you get yours in, folks. You don't want to miss the deadline. So today is Wednesday, January the 20th. And it is indeed uh, a deadline for registration. If you're unsure of your eligibility... Super easy. The elections office will help you figure it out. Now, they might be a little bit busy because, you know, lots of people like to wait until the last minute. Um, so if you procrastinated, you're probably not the only person that has. So please, by all means, keep that in mind. So, Larry, I'm trying to get your picture up here. But like I said, the Internet is really slow today. And so um, I'm trying to just close as many things as I can to see if I can get the computer to just um, stabilize just a little bit. Um, I do have other apps and stuff open that I'm closing also. So let's see. Um, I'm trying to bring up the news to see if we can see where Trump is going. Let me just look at some of the news channels here and my other screen. Do you think the BBC News might be carrying this? Oh, yes. They got it. Trump is leaving the White House. I love BBC News. Um, hold on one second. Let's just do a little screen share. Hopefully we can get this done. It's just taking forever. I love how they always have a translator on hand, for the BBC News, to assist with the hearing impaired persons in their community. Oh, come on already. We're doing our best. Okay. Um, let's see here. 
it's just slow. Like seriously slow. I'm just trying to close everything out. But I see him walking. You can't see it yet, but I do see him um, walking to the helicopter. The headline says, Trump leaves the White House. Trump will go to joint base Andrews where he'll deliver his last remarks. And Joe Biden is to be sworn in as the new president. And he's signed various executive orders on his first day. So he's getting to work today. Small group of people um, about to see Trump get sent off. Um, even this page that we're streaming to folks is just not moving right now. Like I'm trying to do stuff. I cannot, I literally cannot do anything. So um, just closing everything here now to see if we can stabilize it. Let me refresh it. We might lose connection for a slight second here. Um, so yes, they have the plane there. They've got, uh, um, you know, basically his staff is out. You know what has been so unfortunate about this? In many ways, it's probably a good thing that Joe Biden has been in the White House before because this means that he knows the inner workings for the most part of the White House, um, having been there as vice president to some capacity, because this whole situation with Trump has meant that he has been um, unable to uh, do a proper handover. And that's really sad when you think about it, right? Um, my internet, my webpage is completely stuck, folks. I'm not able to do anything. Wow, Chrome is like stuck. All right, give me a minute. I may have to really restart Chrome, which means backup plan. Let me just go on my phone. Um, and see what I can get done. Huh. I am not able to do a thing. So let me just jump on to the stream on my phone. Um, da, 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 da. Hmm. Okay, I can't even do that. Well, my good people, what do I what do I do? Do I just hold hold down the fort and continue the conversation? Um, without being able to do the usual stuff. Like right now, I would love to be able to do a few things and nothing on the computer is responding. So I think uh, I can't even click on your comments right now. This is how bad it is. Um, this is going to drive me insane. All right, let, let me do this. I'm actually going to close um, Chrome. So give me one second, folks. Um, I think I may lose you or you may lose me for a quick second, but let me just close Chrome completely and attempt to restart it. Okay, so give me one second. Let's see what we can do here today. Mm -hmm. Modern technology, even that, even that it won't close. So there goes the um, um, Air Force One, United States of America. Air Force One has just lifted off. 
Um, the helicopter is in the air, and that's it. Bye, Trump. See you later. Goodbye. Have a good one. Don't come back. I'm sure a lot of the non-executive staff at the airport are like, we finally got rid of him. Um, I don't know if his wife is on the plane with him or how she exits the um how she exits the um I'm gonna restart this computer, folks. This is driving me insane. And we still have over an hour on the show. So we cannot operate like this. But yeah, I don't know if she's on the plane with him. I don't know where the sun is. I don't know how they exit the picture. But Trump's plane is taken off. They have the camera following the tr- the um the helicopter at the moment. And again, they say that he's going to go to an Air Force base and then they're getting ready now to um, to bring, um, let me just shut down everything that is running on this computer. They're now getting ready to have um, Biden sworn in and the plane, Air Force One, I think is the plane is behind. So Trump actually left in the helicopter so um, as you guys know, the president of the United States does have access to more than one um, facility. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I am. This says all sorts of, I can't even, even the task manager on the computer to restart it is telling me that it's not, it's not working. <laughs> So hold on one second. I'm going to actually log in from my phone and I'm just going to restart the computer and see if that helps. Um, That's me coming in. in. As a guest. There we go. So good morning, Larry. Now you're going to get this feedback until I can restart the computer. All right, let's do it. That's me. Twice. Times two. Echoing. Okay, just give me one second here. Okay, folks. Let me mute that mic. All right, so I have um, shut down anyway. It's like, why do you want to shut down? All this other stuff is running. I'm like, just shut it down. All right, we're going to try to restart the computer. Um, I can see your comments at least now on the phone. So Larry says it was just only flurries, but beautiful. Yes, I was trying to share that picture. Good morning, Denise. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Sue says he's out of the White House. Good riddance on the plane. Um, Al, thank you for tuning in. Trump is in the helicopter ready to take off to La La Land. Well, um, Al, a lot of us think he's been living in La La Land for a minute. So 
um, or his entire presidency, really. But Denise says, uh, that's what I was watching right now in Georgia. I pray the best for him. Yeah, we wish him luck. I mean, I think that um, we'll see what happens because I suspect, as with most things with Trump, you know, he's not going to take this uh, as easily as he should. Like, he should just ride off into the sunset and um, relax himself a little bit. And I do not see that happening with him. So who knows? Who knows? Um, Denise, what will be the end result? Um, Noelle says the internet service is truly shit at this time. <laughs> they charge so much and what we get in return is terrible. You know, I must admit that I have not had any complaints recently. Um, let me just see if I can restart this computer now. So I don't know if this is um, computer related, internet related. So that's why I'm actually gonna just restart the computer. And if it comes up fine after that, it probably was just something buggy with the computer itself. Um, I need a new computer. Can I just tell you, I keep telling my husband this and he's like the IT man around here. Um, he's an IT expert and I'm like, honey, I need a new computer because I'm doing more like video work, a little bit of video editing. I'm no video editing expert folks, but I do a little bit of video work and I need more capacity and I need a faster processor and um, graphics card and that sort of thing. And he keeps saying to me, uh, you know, the things that you use the computer for, you probably don't need to upgrade. I'm like, honey, I do. What? Why do we always have to argue with men to get these things done? See, Irvlin agrees with me. Computer needs upgrade, updating. Yes, girl, not just updating. We need to upgrade. Um, you know, we need an upgrade completely. More memory, more processing capacity, um, a decent graphics card. What I need is like one of those gamers PC because they come built for a lot of heavy-handed usage. Um... So Anne says, what OS if not Chrome? Well, Chrome isn't an OS, um, which stands for operating system. Uh, we use Microsoft. So Chrome is the web application that I use. So you can use Firefox. There's Mozilla. Um, there are other options out there, actually, that you can use. I don't care to use any of those because, um, you know, I like Chrome, but he does say Chrome uses a lot of resources. And the thing with me is I have probably on average 10 Chrome pages open because um, a lot of times I'm like, you know, I'm not done with something. So I leave the tab open uh, until I can come back to it. So I've restarted. Let's see now what's going to happen. I'll try to rejoin from the computer. But um, listen, we live in a tech world and sometimes it doesn't always work as beautifully as we would like it to. But I, I honestly have not had any complaints recently. And big shout out to Flo. They have been holding me down. Uh, we've got like a 200 meg download capacity. But for what I do, believe it or not, the download speed isn't as significant as the upload speed. The upload speed is when you're doing stuff like live streaming, that's what you need upload speeds for. Um, anything that you send up to the internet. So, you know, live streaming, um, even uploading videos as we do, 
I wish I could get like 200 megs upload. Woo-wee. I would be in hog heaven. Trust me in that. Um, good morning to Felicia. Thank you so much for tuning in. But technology is good. I mean, isn't this beautiful that I could jump in on my phone and at least keep the conversation going at some level? Yes, that's beautiful. Um, so I'm just restarting. It looks a little bit better. It looks like it's moving faster. So chances are it's probably just my computer. Child, honey child, let's tell the hubby. We need to work it out. Build me a computer or something. Because I need a little bit more capacity than what I got right now. Uh, all right, so let me see now. If I can bring up and we can kind of watch President Trump as a sideline. Sue says good luck to him um, when they go after him for his taxes he owes. Um, Sue, it's interesting you should say that because in fact, the truth of the matter is, here we go. I'm back in, so hold on. I'm back. I'm back. Easy, easy. Thank goodness for the iPhone, folks. We were able to keep the um, the stream going. Sue makes an interesting point because there was an article, another article I was reading about how, um, you know, Trump actually is facing a whole slew of legal issues, not just taxes, but other things that he should probably be very, very concerned about. So I see here that our upload speed is not where it should be. So I'm going to send this to my little connection at Flow and say, Wagwan, Wagwan. The upload speed is less than desirable. Please check this for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could tell, but I mean, even, even the upload speeds I'm getting, that wouldn't, that wouldn't, necessarily because download speeds is over 200 so that would not necessarily um have caused the problem that i was just having so i'm not going to blame this on flow i think that that was uh pc related however having now been able to do a speed test i do see that uh, we got a little issue with the speeds there um so let's just see what else is going on um BBC News. Yes. Okay. Let's see if we can bring this up, folks. Give me one second. I'm trying not to open too many windows at once to see uh, what's going on here. Okay. Let's uh, just show you guys. Mm -hmm. Hey, Tracy. What's up, my friend? How are you? Let's 
So this is what's happening in the United States of America right now. Let's let's have a listen to what they're actually saying. With the doors to open there on Marine One. In terms of the issues that we've seen play out across America, race, such a huge one over the last 12 months. Uh, when you reflect on, on those sorts of areas, not just uh, uh, bare politics, uh, but where do you think the United States is? Uh, we're in a terrible uh, situation right now. Luckily, however, uh, we have President Biden and Vice President Harris are two of the most eminently qualified to uh, guide us through these difficult times ahead. Um, and I think what we've seen unfold certainly uh, is that we have never adequately dealt with white supremacy and uh, white domestic terrorism in our country. And that has to happen uh, finally because it never has before. And that's the only way we're going to make our way forward in a way that you know, uh, will allow us to be a democracy. Interestingly enough, this young lady who's talking is President Trump's niece. And she has been very, very outspoken um, about President Trump. And here she is talking about the fact that one of the things that he has done is he has put the race card right on the table to say, America, you've got a problem with race and you need to get yourself sorted out. So that's interesting that she just said that rally address and then on to the next venue. It will be absolutely fascinating to listen to what he says uh, in his concluding thoughts, but also the words he chooses, Mary Trump, just like that rally two weeks ago, will be hugely important in terms of words having consequences. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, we need to listen very carefully to what he says, because so far, uh, as, as we've mentioned, he hasn't conceded the election, and he's continuing to give his supporters hope. Uh, and that's dangerous because there isn't any. He's lying to them. He's been lying to them for a very long time. And as we saw a couple of weeks ago, some of them are willing to take their grievances to an extreme level. I pause only because I can see the salutes already in place. And there he is, Donald Trump, uh, just emerging from the steps. Uh, Mary Trump, I hope you'll stay with us uh, just for the next uh, little while as we see the president uh, emerge from Marine One with the First Lady. And of course, all those norms that uh, we have got so used to was uh, the baton is passed from one president to the other. So the invitations to the White House, uh, the president uh, talking with the incoming president, the First Lady, just like uh, with the Obamas that we saw four years ago. None of that has actually happened. It'll be interesting to see if there was any sort of letter left, because of course, over the years, uh, incoming presidents have talked about uh, a letter left on the Oval Desk, uh, and there, uh, a gun salute for the president as he just edges his way around uh, to the podium, makes his way up, and we're just a few seconds away from hearing from Donald Trump those concluding words. Uh, we know over the years uh, his love of military parades and this sort of thing at different stages uh, had hoped for a very big uh, military parade in Washington, but uh, 
Here he is, Donald Trump. Let's put the microphones up and hear from the sitting president. Thank you very much. And we love you. And I can tell you that from the bottom of my heart, this has been an incredible four years. Uh, we've accomplished so much together. I want to thank all of my family and my friends and my staff and so many other people for being here. I want to thank uh, you for your effort, your hard work. People have no idea how hard this family worked. They worked and they worked for you. They could have had a much easier life, uh, but they just, they did a fantastic job. I just want to thank all of you, everyone. Uh, I want to thank Mark Meadows, who's here someplace right there. I want to thank Mark. But it's been, uh, it's been something very special. We've accomplished a lot. Our first lady has been a woman of great grace and beauty and dignity. And so popular with the people, so popular with the people. In fact, honey, would you like to say a few words, please? Being your first lady was my greatest honor. Thank you for your love and your support. You will be in my thoughts and prayers. God bless you all. God bless your families. And God bless this beautiful nation. Thank you. What else has to be said, right? But what we've done, that's true, honey, great job. What we've done has been amazing by any standard. We rebuilt the United States military. We created a new force called Space Force. That in itself would be a major achievement for a regular administration. We were not a regular administration. <laughs> We took care of the Lord vets. Jehovah, not a regular administration. Never had mm -mm, that before. Mm -mm, the mm -mm. vets have given us the VA. The vets have given us an approval rating like uh, has never been before. We took care of our nice. vets and our beautiful My vets. God. They were very badly treated before we came along. And uh, as you know, we get them great service and we pick up the bill and they can go out and they can see a doctor if they have to wait long periods of time. We got it so that we can sadly uh, get rid of people that don't treat our vets properly. We had we didn't have any of those rights before when I came on. So our vets are happy, our people are happy, our military is thrilled. We also got tax cuts, the largest tax cut and reform in the history of our country by far. I hope they don't raise your taxes. Oh, Lord. But if they do, I told you so. And uh, if you look at the regulations, which I consider the regulation cuts to be maybe even more important, that's why we have such good and have had such good job numbers. The job numbers have been absolutely incredible. When we started, had we not been hit by the pandemic, uh, we would have had uh, numbers that would never have been seen already. Our numbers are the best ever. If you look at what happened until February a year ago, our numbers were at a level that nobody had ever seen before. And even now, we really built it twice. We got hit. Nobody blames us for that. The whole world got hit. And then we built it again. And now the stock market is actually substantially higher than it was at its higher point prior to the pandemic. 
So it's uh, really, you could say we built it twice. And uh, you're going to see, you're going to see incredible numbers start coming in. If everything is sort of left alone, be careful. Very complex. Be careful. Very you're going to see some incredible things happening. And oh my God. Uh, remember us when you see these things happening, if you would remember us, because uh, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at elements of our economy that are set to be a rocket ship up. It's a rocket ship up. We have the greatest country in the world. We have the greatest economy in the world. And as bad as the pandemic Actually, was, no, you don't. We were hit so hard, just like the entire world was nope, hit so hard. hit harder than the entire world. Thought they got away with it, didn't get away with it. They're suffering right now. We did something that is uh, really considered a medical miracle. They're calling it a miracle, and that was the vaccine. We got the vaccine developed in nine months instead of nine years or five years or 10 years or a long time. It was supposed or to whatever. Take a it doesn't matter. Time, many, many you just make shit years up. <laughs> to develop a vaccine. We have two out. We have another one coming almost immediately. And uh, it really is a great achievement. So you should start to see really good numbers over the next uh, few months. I think you're going to see those numbers really skyrocket downward. And I can only say this, uh, we have worked hard. We've left it all, as the athletes would say, we've left it all in the field. We don't have to, we don't have to come and say, we'll never say in a month when we're sitting in Florida, we're not gonna be looking at each other and saying, you know, if we only worked a little bit harder, you can't work harder. And we had a lot of obstacles and we went through the obstacles. And we just got 75 million votes, and that's a record in the history of in the history of sitting presidents. That's an all-time record by a lot, by wow. many millions in the history of sitting presidents. It's been really just an honor. And one of the things we're very, very proud of is the selection of almost 300 federal judges and three great. Supreme Court justices. Mm, somebody's gonna have to fact check That's a this very speech. Big number. That's a record <laughs> setting number. And uh, oh so we've done God. a lot and there's still things to do. The first thing we have to do is pay our respects and our love to the incredible people and families who suffered so gravely from the China virus. It's a uh, horrible China thing virus. That was wow. Put onto the world. We all know where it came from, but it's a horrible, horrible thing. So be very careful. Be very, very careful. But Lord have mercy. We want to pay uh, great love, great love to all of the people that have suffered, including nobody would write him a speech so today. So with that, I, I just want to mm. say, you are amazing people. This is a great, great country. Mm -hmm. It is my greatest honor. Mm. and privileged to have been your president. Trust me, you're lucky. That's a shame.
I will always fight for you. Mm -hmm. I will be watching, I will be listening, and I will tell you that the future of this country has never been better. I wish the new administration great luck and great success. I think they'll have great success. They have the foundation to do something really <laughs> spectacular. And again, we put it in a position like it's never been before, despite the worst plague to hit since, I guess you'd say 1917, over a hundred years ago. Mm. And despite that, despite that, the things that we've done have been just incredible. And I couldn't have done them, done it without you. So just a goodbye. We <laughs> love you. We will be back in some form. Mm -mm. And again, uh, I want to just in leaving, I want to thank our vice president, Mike Pence and Karen. I want to thank Congress because we really worked well with Congress, uh, at least certain elements of Congress. But we really did. We've gotten so much done that nobody thought would be possible. But I do want to thank Congress. And I want to thank all of the great people of Washington, D.C., all of the people that we worked with to put this miracle together. So have a good life. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, there it is. Have a good life. We will see you soon. He said that a couple of times towards the end. A shorter address than we were expecting, but uh, members of his family flanking him. And we heard brief words, too, from the First Lady, Melania Trump, but uh, let me just whiz through some of the things he said. He talked about an incredible four years. He said, uh, we have achieved great things. He talked about it not being a regular administration. He then <laughs> That's talked about statement. Uh, the veterans, how they'd been very badly treated before, how he corrected Lord. that. Uh, I suppose the last of Donald Trump's speeches to be fact-checked because of course, all of those things hugely <laughs> disputed. Um, but after talking about veterans, he talked about the tax cuts he delivered. He talked about the job numbers that have been doing so well before coronavirus hit. Mm -mm. He talked about uh, the greatest economy in the world and talked about uh, how America had been hit just like so many other countries around the world from coronavirus, uh, but not acknowledging the nearly 400,000 fatalities there have exactly. been in the US, a catastrophic number under his leadership, exactly. uh, but then talked about the miracle of developing a vaccine inside nine months. Talked uh, towards the end about uh, appointing 300 federal judges, three Supreme Court justices. And he said, it'd be my greatest honor to have been your president. I will be back in some form soon, he said. Mm -hmm. uh, let us bring in Mary Trump, who was listening to that. Uh, and Mary, your snapshot assessment of what you just heard. Oh, he's true to form. Um, he got in his racism. Uh, he took credit for not only for Obama's administration and Obama's economy, but he preemptively is taking credit for Joe Biden's administrative accomplishments, uh, which is quite something. Um, he, as you mentioned, didn't even acknowledge 
uh, the devastation this country has suffered due to his willfully malignant inaction and mismanagement of uh, the coronavirus. Um, I believe that 400,000, over 400,000 deaths are directly due to him. Um, he um, took no responsibility for anything. He took credit for things that had nothing to do with him. Uh, the fact that he's saying anything about our veterans is disgraceful because he is not only a five-time draft dodger, but he is referred to our service members and our veterans as suckers and losers. Yeah. So I sincerely hope that this is the last time Donald gets the kind of coverage he just got today. Um, I'm happy to see the back of him. Uh, his uh, administration has been one of the greatest tragedies this country has ever suffered through. And I hope we do everything in our power to protect against anything like this ever, from ever happening again. And we see the president and the first lady go through the doors as they get on board Air Force One for the last time that uh, journey down to Florida. Here's a really simple question for you, Mary. Do you think either of them enjoyed the experience? No, I, and that's one of the fascinating things is Donald never, not only did he never do the job, he never seemed to want to do the job. And um, it's, I think the fact that he fought so hard to stay in it had absolutely nothing to do with his desire to serve the American people and everything to do with the fact that he wanted to maintain the powers and protections of the Oval Office so he could continue to avoid um, the uh, lawsuits and the state-level charges and the potential bankruptcies. I was just keeping half an eye on uh, the pictures from Blair House because now that uh, final statement uh, we've heard from the president has been done, uh, we go to another part uh, of central Washington because uh, the president-elect uh, is due to leave Blair House. He's heading to Mass at a cathedral a short distance away before uh, the real inauguration proper. All of those things that have been uh, mapped out uh, uh, take place and we see just uh, from that tent the curtains draw. All right, folks, let's bring in our regional um, correspondents who are joining us from Bermuda, and we've got Renee, who's in Miami, but she's our Jamaican um, correspondent. Good morning, guys. Thank you so much, Renee. How are you? Hi, good morning, Sandra. Good morning, Cayman. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We're watching this, of course, quite a historical moment for the yeah. U.S. as they change over to another president. Now, you live in the States, Renee. Um, what do you make of all of this when you see this? What What do you think? Well, I it's a mix. Um, it's mixed reactions. As you know, Trump also has his supporters. Yeah. But I think everybody's looking forward to what Biden is bringing, especially mm -hmm. immigrants. They're waiting to see what policies he will change and what he will implement that will benefit them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I did read, um, interestingly enough today, that I think it might have been yesterday that I read this, that in fact, one of the first things Biden's going to do, because he'll be signing some executive orders straight away today, is um, he's going to be dealing with immigration almost immediately. Yes, it's, it's expected that he'll deal with that um, in his first day. So yeah. everybody's looking forward to that. So basically, he's going to be reversing 
um, Trump's immigration policies immediately, which have been seen and argued by many as very inhumane. Mm -hmm. um, interesting indeed. Wow. Uh, let's bring in Thomas into the conversation. Good morning, Thomas. How are you? Uh, good morning, ladies. Good morning, Matteo. Good morning, Ms. Stamp. Hi, morning. Thomas. And good morning to the people of Cayman Islands, Grand Cayman, Little Cayman, and Cayman Brat. I always appreciate how you acknowledge that we're actually three islands. I, I really love that. Thank you so much um, mm -hmm. for doing so. So, yes. Um, what do you make of this? I mean, I know that you're there in Bermuda, but the world watches uh, what's happening with America. Um, what do you think the Caribbean response has been, by and large? Um, it's been it's been kind of mixed because if you if you follow Caribbean politics, there are certain administrations in the Caribbean that were aligned with Trump. Um, mm -hmm. If you could recall last year, year before last, there was um, an issue of four or five um, Caribbean islands that broke with protocol with CARICOM and went and had a meeting with Trump that would have been um, Haiti, Dominican Republic, Jamaica, Bahamas, and St. Lucia. Mm -hmm. And the current, and not the countries, let me, let me be clear, not the countries, but the current administrations of those countries are aligned with what you will call the conservative politics, the right, for lack of a better term, the right-wing politics. So um, it's going to be interesting now that there's a change of administration, a change of uh, political philosophies, how do these countries these administrations now, uh, for lack of a better term, have have that reckoning with a new administration, and um, you know uh, they had they had sided with with Trump when it comes to the issue, the, the ban issue in Venezuela with the um, the, um, the would be Trump uh, president, um, which was a non-president. And um, so, so this this is from the, the um, political stand. stand. Um, as you said, one of the issues that his Biden is going to deal with, President Biden is going to deal with, is immigration, which stands to positively uh, affect people in the Caribbean region, those who uh, are undocumented, the, the, the dream of the dream of DACA those who wish to get a visa to come to America to work. So that, that looks to be positive. Um, that's what I can say for now. Right. So just um, confirmation here, guys, that today uh, these changes go into effect immediately as he takes office. He is essentially going to roll back um, Trump's uh, what has been called inhumane immigration policies. And there's an article here that says four years of anti-immigrant rhetoric and actions will roll back the Trump administration measures that targeted undocumented immigrants. Uh, Biden's administration uh, officials briefed reporters on Tuesday on the incoming um, plans for day one as it relates to immigration. Several executive orders to reverse Trump's attempt to exclude undocumented people from the census and the travel ban 
roll back a Trump era policy and deportation priorities and end an emergency declaration Trump used to divert funds to the wall at the US-Mexico uh, border. So um, that is incredibly interesting. Um, lots of money have been, um, you know, utilized for Trump, the Trump administration for things like the wall um, and other things that he saw as a priority. So it's quite interesting that almost immediately um, the Biden administration will hit the ground running in relation to this. He's wasting no time at all. I think a lot of people, I suspect, are um, looking forward to those policy changes. As you said, immigrants in particular um, have a stake in this, and they are um, certainly going to be... Um, keeping a watchful eye on exactly how this is ruled out. So already ahead of him being um, sworn in officially today, it looks like his administration has been talking to the media and they've briefed them. Um, here's a couple of things. Biden will also unveil legislation that creates a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants, calls for increased technology at the border and attempts to address the root cause of immigration. Um, he also is issuing a presidential memo to underline the administration's support for the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, that's the DACA program, which mm -hmm. allows people who are brought to the U.S. as children without legal documents to temporarily get work visas and be protected from uh, deportation. When Trump got in, he actually ended DACA in 2017 um, but it was obviously embroiled um, in a lot of legal challenges, and eventually it was rejected by the Supreme Court. So in another memo, Biden will extend a program that protected roughly 4,000 Liberians in the U.S. who hold a protected immigration status, known as the Deferred Enforced Departure, DED. Um, he's going to be reversing... Um, some of the other things that Trump did in 2017, um, other anti-immigration policies. So it's really, really interesting that he is focusing quite heavily on enforcement orders and memos, executive orders, almost immediately to try to reverse a lot of what Trump has done. And funny enough, when Trump was in, um, you know, he did this within five days of, of him taking office and dramatically expanded interior immigration law enforcement, but there was no priority for um, de de deporting criminals, which is so incredibly interesting when you listen to what Trump has to say. Um, so it says here, the Trump order effectively made any of the 10.5 million undocumented people in the US a deportation priority, including families, long-time residents and dreamers, those protected by DACA. So Biden is going to end the travel ban, which Trump announced in his first week in office, by executive order. The order will instruct the State Department to restart visa processing for the affected countries and develop a proposal to remedy harms caused by the bans, including those who had visas denied. So people who may have had visas denied under the Trump administration will now uh, wait to see what appeal mechanisms are perhaps are potentially available to them.
Um, so a lot, a lot, a lot to take on. It says that the in incoming administration wants to emphasize addressing the root causes of migration, including sending aid to Central American countries where the climate crises, violence, corruption, and poverty have driven an increase in family immigration. So, wow, that's a mouthful and a lot mm -hmm. to certainly um, look forward to. And uh, I think you're right, Thomas, when you say that there are many people in the um, Caribbean who um, look forward to hearing more about these initiatives. Uh, my, me, myself, was an a immigrant in the U.S. at one point. I actually lived there for 15 years of my life. I went there as a child um, and stayed with my aunt, who at the time was an American, but at some point she herself would have, you know, immigrated um, to the U.S. As, as a young child as well. So we understand um, sometimes the necessity of moving from one country to the next. And, um, you know, the opportunities that that certainly creates. Now, Renee, you are actually residing in the U.S. yourself um, as a migrant. Can you tell us, I mean, I don't know what your immigration status is, but can you tell us a little bit about what that experience has been for you? Did you actually arrive there during the Trump administration? Yes, Sandra, I came here in 2019. So I've been okay. here during okay. this, yes. Mm -hmm. So I know what it's like for immigrants here, and I know everybody's looking forward to Biden's to see what he's announcing today, what policies he's going to put in place, because people are waiting to, there are a lot of persons here who need to hear something, to get some sort of hope. So today's a big day for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is very, very interesting. And I remember... Um, you know, as a child, I didn't know anything about immigration policies or anything like that. I was just like, okay, I'm here. I'm living with my aunt. <laughs> you don't worry about those things. But I remember when I was getting ready for university, I actually became aware of my immigration status because, you know, I went to, um, I went there. Coming back. Um, I'm just going to mute Thomas for one second. I went there, you know, as a, um, as a child, I was only nine years old. So I went from the fourth grade all the way up through junior high school, high school. And then I'm getting ready to go to university with all everybody that I, you know, grew up with and whatever. And I'm thinking I'm just like everyone else. And the system says to me, hold on a second. You're not like everyone else. You're actually here on a student visa. And uh, not only does that restrict you, but um, it also impacts um, your fee structure for university. So my fees went from um, you know, whatever it was, tuition fees at the time, to paying four or five times the internet, I would be, you know, having to pay the international rate. And I thought to myself, wow, I had no idea that this was even a thing. And so I was uh, placed and put in a position where I had to quickly figure out what my immigration status was, what that meant for me legally. And there were some changes that had to um, come about as a result of that. Thank God in the U.S. that they're often very, very um, kind-hearted people. We had an immigration lawyer. Ironically enough, I'd won a scholarship, an academic scholarship from a law firm, and they had an immigration lawyer and staff who, once he heard of uh, my predicament, decided that he would do some pro bono um, work for me to try to um, assist with my immigration status. And I can just tell you, 
And this is why I try to be sympathetic, even to people here in the Cayman Islands who come here from elsewhere. You do not know the anxiety and the journey that people go through um, when they are, you know, migrants, when they come into your country. Um, It's, it's, you have to have experienced it, Renee. I don't know how much you can relate to this, what I'm saying here, but no one, no one knows what it's like moving to someone else's country, having to figure out the complexities of immigration. And in fact, here in the Cayman Islands, immigration is not very complex at all compared to the U.S. where the laws are tremendously complex. And uh, you try to fill out one form and it's like crazy um, to try to wrap your brain around it. So, um, you know, what, what is what is your experience been like? Like for me, this was obviously a very long time ago. Yeah. Um, you know, in the Well, my, ex- my experience is different because I came here to be with my husband, as I told you before, right. I lost my husband last year. So in that regards, I have some complications that I have to deal with because he passed since I got here. So I think it can be a frustrating process for a lot of people because you're told you need this and then you do this and then there is something else that comes up. So it can be quite frustrating. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I, totally, um, I totally get it as well. I, I think that, um, you, you know, it's, it is challenging to explain. And I'm, I'm even here like thinking about, um, it kind of puts me back in a certain space uh, where, you know, there's a certain degree of uncertainty. Like you don't know in your life sometimes exactly where you want to go. So when I was getting ready for university, all I could focus on at that moment is I need to get my education at all costs. And that was the most important thing, getting that piece of paper in my hand. So I didn't foresee that I even wanted to move back to the Cayman Islands. At that point, I saw myself living in the U.S. Um, You know, that changed after um, completing my initial university degree. But, um, you know, just trying to navigate and figure out where are you going? What are you doing? um, You know, from there. And uh, yeah, it's challenging. So I think that a humane approach to immigration policies is always preferable. Uh, you know, I get that everyone is trying to protect their borders, especially from unwanted, or undocumented um, workers, but not every situation is identical or the same. And I think that you have to be willing to hear people, to give people the opportunity to um, share what their personal situation is and to make some concessions for that. So yes, there are people out there who are trying to abuse the system and you cannot allow the system, immigration system in particular, um, to be abused. But at the same time, um, you know, there are um, individual stories and situations that require a degree of understanding. Thomas, have you ever lived anywhere outside of uh, Bermuda? I'm curious. Um, well, yes. Uh, my my mother is from Virgin Islands. My father's from St. Kitts. So I I grew up from a young age. I grew up in different islands. I spent some years in Jamaica as well. But I didn't feel as an immigrant because I had I had family there, right? Um, but as Caribbean people, our our whole um, history has been about migration. Initially, forced migration from Africa to the Caribbean and then post emancipation 
uh, Caribbean people move from island to island. Uh, Jamaicans move back and forth from Cayman Islands. People in other, in the, uh, I guess you say, the Eastern Caribbean move from island to island. And then post-World War II, uh, there was a mass exodus of Caribbean people to the UK, to America, and to Canada, where, where they faced a lot of hardship, not just change of climate, but racism, mm -hmm. sexism, every ism. And, and now, you know, the Cayman Islands is in a unique position where majority or close to the majority of your residents are quote-unquote non-Caymanian. Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's a different in every island. There's different uh, nuances when it comes to immigration. Mm -hmm. um, so what we would experience moving to America or moving to England is not the same nuance that we will experience when we move to other islands. You know, we have right. slight cultural variants. Yeah. Um, you know, people be like, oh, you got a, you got a funny accent, but mm -hmm. nine out of ten times the cultures are the same and it's not that bad, but, um, you know, there's something that, uh, each, like Bermuda's grappling with immigration issues in the sense that um, we don't have the land space that came in Ireland has, so we have to have a, a real tight control on, a tighter control on immigration than than what you see in Cayman Islands, where you have you have the land space, so your you know, your, your population growth can go up to a hundred thousand persons with no problem. Mm. Well, when you speak to um, most Caymanians, they don't we don't think that we can go to hundred thousand with no problems. We we see well, the growing pains at sixty thousand. Um, in terms of traffic and other infrastructure well, issues, but well, I would just say from a logistical point of view, I'm, I'm not I'm not making slight of of people's concerns. Yes. From a logistical point of view, you can always build more roads or wider roads. You can always build more houses. Mm. Um, we, we, we're doubting that because we've not seen it happen yet. So no, no, I'm I'm just saying it. it it's it, possible. It's possi the possibility there. Yes. It's a political wielder, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. um, and then in coming to Cayman, um, I got to hear this, hear this side from Caymanians about uh, how they feel displaced uh, out of jobs, how they feel displaced out of prime land, you know, how they feel now marginalized. And what I found extremely um, challenging, let me put it that way was going to different uh, hotels or restaurants. They had great service, uh -huh, uh -huh. but they weren't Kemeni, you know what I mean? I was, at, I was staying at the Marriott, and um, the only Caymanian that I saw was the, the persons who were taking us on the bus tours, and I think the doorman. But apart from that, everybody was from somewhere else. Uh -huh. Yes. But again, let me add, it was great service. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we struggle with, um, you know, on an ongoing basis, trying to make sure that the indiz indigenous population has opportunities um, mm -hmm. where those opportunities are and where they wish to take advantage of those op 
opportunities because anyone in this country who um, is being honest would have to also admit that there uh, is a degree of um, lack of interest in certain professions from the indigenous or the native population. And that mm. is something that we hope to, to change at some point. Uh, Cause I think there's so many opportunities for Cubanians to be on the front line of tourism. Uh, maybe, you know, this um, pandemic that could be one of the possible positive things that could come out of it. So um, Tracy wants to know what will the impact be for Cayman as America is our supply arm um, impact from immigration policies, Tracy. Uh, maybe you could clarify that question just a little bit for right. us. One of the reasons why we do um, watch what's happening in the U.S., of course, as Tracy rightfully points out, you know, we have close connections to um, to the U.S. for more reasons than one. But geographically, we are close to them. The most interesting thing is, you know, as a um, as a Caribbean nation and as a UK overseas territory, uh, most people are very misguided. I had I had a guy recently from the UK who reached out to me and he said, you know, he's interested in getting Caribbean news and he was asking for any news story leads on the English population here in the UK. And I thought it was such an interesting question. And I said to him, um, you do realize that we as a nation, although we are an overseas territory, we uh, relate less to probably the English than anybody else in this country almost. <laughs> like we have very strong, um, you know, a lot of our children go to the US for university degrees. Um, we travel often to the US because of the proximity for shopping purposes. There are Caymanians who migrate very easily to the US and um, who even have additional properties in the U.S. as well. Thomas, I'm just going to mute you for a second there because like you got a bike in the background. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting, and this person thought, oh, really, but you're a British territory. And I said, I'm well aware of the fact that we're British territory, but we're probably not as British as you would think outside of uh, sort of formal things. So when we have, you know, opening of events, whatever, obviously the governor's there and we do all the, all those types of protocols. Um, but I think the average person, the news that they watch, everything is more Americanized than not. Um, so we care, you know, that, that what happens in the U.S. impacts our lives. And um, it has a trickle-down effect. The U.S. is a huge country, economically and otherwise. And, um, you know, there's just so, uh, so much of a trickle down effect in terms of how it impacts the entire Caribbean as a region. One of the interesting things that Trump did, and this was um, from our correspondent, um, let me just have a quick look here, from our, uh, our contact in Miami, she is with, um, the let me just tell you um she is with the miami herald and she was actually mentioning yesterday she did an article on the fact this is jacqueline carl um, charles she is a, a pulitzer nominated writer at the miami herald and she actually did an article folks on one of the final things that the trump administration did 
was to um, send, he sent his final deportation flight to Haiti. So the Trump administration is carrying out one last deportation to Haiti on Tuesday on the eve of the inauguration of President-elect Joe, uh, Joe Biden, who has promised to halt deportations during his first 100 days. So Trump, right up until the end, um, you know, was was doing what he could to impact immigration and uh, so many other things. So I thought that that was interesting that she actually did an article on that yesterday, which she sent through and shared with us on WhatsApp that look, look here, look at what Trump did literally at less than 24 hours before leaving office. So amazing and interesting. Um, Trump just up until the end was uh, doing what he wanted to do. Um, Thomas and Renee, any thoughts on, on Trump? Um, you know, his ongoing policies, which hopefully now will be a thing of the past, but he was doing it right up until the, the 11th hour. Uh, I'll defer to Renee. Well, I know that um, many people were affected by his policies, mm -hmm. especially from the Caribbean. So a lot of people, as I said before, are now looking forward to what Biden brings. So, yes. yes. Trump had all these policies that affected so many families, so many people, and people here were worried that they would be deported at any time. People have been here for years. So with him going now and the new president coming in, people are really looking forward to something new. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it is quite interesting. I wonder, um, when we think about the impact of the U.S. presidency, and we're getting ready now for an election, um, Renee, you did a story a couple of days ago that um, what other Caribbean countries having an election in the very near future? I know there's one that's coming up. Was it Turks and Caicos? Turks, TCI. Yeah, Turks. Yeah, yeah, so TCI has an election that's coming up. Uh, a lot of us are looking at our own um, politicians with a view to perhaps um, being very, very cautious about the types of personalities that we put in place. Uh, there was another article that there's some investigations being carried out um, by the UK government. Uh, the governor of BVI is calling for, for increase into government corruption. That was another story um, that Renee worked on just a couple of days ago. So we see President Trump, and most people think that he was out of control. He was a rogue president. He did a lot of things that were very, very questionable. And I think as any sensible constituents or voters um, or people who are watching the political landscape, we're always concerned about government corruption and how governments impact directly the people. And, um, you know, we have an election that's coming up. There's a lot of people who want change for the Cayman Islands, and there's some people who are happy with what they have. Uh, Thomas, you know, you're, a, you're an MP, so you're actually an elected official there in, um, in Bermuda? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us from the perspective of an MP, um, how do you address the concerns um, of your electors when it comes to rogue politicians and politicians getting in and kind of doing any and everything that they wish to do? Well, in Bermuda, we have what we call the PADI, um, Public Access to Information Act, which allows um, journalists, as Renee would know, 
allows journalists or anybody, any, any member of public to write in and ask for um, access to government, well, not access to contract, but access to the details of the contracts, um, access to who got the contract, how much they were paid, um, was there uh, the politicians have to sign every year we have to sign a declaration of interest as to which companies we have interest in do they have any um say do they have any government contracts are they if they're gonna bid on government contracts they have to declare their interest um it doesn't stop you from getting a contract if you're a government entity or something but um it has to be a fair has to be a fair and open bidding process. So these are so, sort of some of the, um, I guess you would say, um, checks and balances that, that dissuades public officials from even thinking about doing something corrupt. Not to say getting a contract is corrupt, but if you've got a contract and it was no bid, then that's correct, then that's corruption to some extent. Or you got a contract and you're, and you're getting paid more than market value. So it's, it's, it's multi-layered. It doesn't mean to say that something can't slip through the cracks, but it's multi-layered. And it, it starts, with, starts, first of all, with uh, the people being willing to hold the public officials to account. Because if, the, if, the, if a public official knows, like, hey, if they find out that I got a contract, I'm likely to lose my seat in the next election. They're gonna think twice about doing it. I mean, even if it's a billion dollar contract, they might say, what the hell? But, um, you know, that's why I say it's, 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 it's mm -hmm. in any society, it comes down to the people yeah. being willing to hold public officials to, to account. Thank you so much for that. Um, so lots of checks and balances in place, essentially is what Thomas is saying. Um, that uh, hopefully will deter uh, rogue politicians. Um, you know, there, there's always a concern, in my opinion, um, that that could, could occur. Um, one of the things that we'd be amiss if we don't address today, of course, is that along with President-elect um, Biden now taking office, one of the most amazing things that there is a direct Caribbean influence in the um, in the White House, and that's Vice President Kamala Harris. So the, for the first time ever, we have um, a woman who is a vice president. So that in of itself is amazing. And we also have a woman who is um, of Caribbean descent. Her father was a Jamaican and her mother um, was from India. So again, uh, just some some amazing bits and pieces of information. Um, historical information and certainly ties the Caribbean um, to the White House and the closest way that we have ever been connected, I think, to the American White House. Uh, um, Renee, as a Jamaican national, um, how do people feel? I know Kamala has family in Jamaica that she has visited before. Um, and, you know, um, I think Jamaicans, as well as a lot of other Caribbean people, they will claim family way down the line. So you're like a sixth cousin and they'll be like, yeah, that person's Jamaican and they're one of us. 
Um, what's the sense then in the Jamaican community of how they are responding to, um, to Kamala? Well, as you said, Jamaicans, um, once you go somewhere in the world, it doesn't matter how far along your, how many generations, once you say you have some Jamaican family down the line, people will claim you, will claim you yeah. <laughs> once yeah. something good. So Jamaicans are really proud of her. And I think with her going, um, being the vice president, people are looking forward to some changes as well because she's the child of immigrants. Mm-hmm. So we're expecting that she'll support immigration policies as well. Yeah. Because yeah. he would have had some experience as a as a child of an immigrant. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what impact she'll have on like the Caribbean because she didn't have, I don't get the sense that she had that close of a connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think people are still expecting something from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she is a woman of color. So she is, um, you know, I think cataloged in the U.S. as a woman of color. She's also cataloged as um, an Asian, um, I think that'd be East Asia, but she's cataloged as a- South Asia. South South Asia. Okay. Yes. Um, You know, so she's got an Asian background, also Caribbean connections, uh, being a woman. So there's so many first things that um, really make her stand out. Um, in the in the United States, she identifies herself as a black woman, and this is certainly the first um, vice president elect who is black and who is a woman and who is South Asian and all of these other other things as well. So it will be interesting to see how um, all of that diversity impacts, if at all, the um, White House, we expect that it will. I think already Biden has done a lot of amazing things um, with his uh, executive appointments. So he's, you know, appointed a transgender person even um, to his uh, to his cabinet. I forget in what position right now, but I can look that up. Uh, he has the most women um, in his cabinet as well. I mean, a record number of women who will be um, part of the administration. So it's almost like a complete 180 of what we had witnessed with uh, President um, Trump, or I guess now no longer the current president in a minute here. But um, yeah, so it, it's 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 stark contrast. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at this very, very, very early stage in terms of the appointments, the immigration policy. And I think as a Caribbean collectively um, region, we're looking forward to exactly what the Biden administration has to offer. Well, I would, um, my, my thoughts on um, the vice president is that she doesn't, um, many people are of Caribbean heritage, but they don't, readily identify with that. Um, she's of South Asian heritage, but she doesn't readily identify with that either. She readily identifies with being an African-American, which she rightfully is. The, the, the thing about politics is that you have to appease your, your constituency, right? Whether it's a, a, physical, a physical geographical constituency or a demographic constituency. So. The biggest constituency that uh, the VP has to, I don't want to say appease, but has to make sure to um, put policy in 
policies in place for is the African-American constituency and the female constituency. So the African-American constituency, which was, was critical in the in Georgia, uh, is about 12% of the population. The female um, constituency is about 50, 52% of the population. And mm -hmm. somewhere, and somewhere, if you look on the greater scheme of things, the, Carib the Caribbean American constituency, certainly in America, is minuscule. Um, how many of us do have? How many of us? I have dual citizenship, right? I voted for right. Kamala Harris and uh, Mr. Biden. Um, right. But how many of us uh, who live in who do live in America? Do we say, do we separate ourselves and say, well, are we African-American or are we Caribbean? We, mm -hmm. we who come from the Caribbean say we're Caribbean-American. But again, it goes back to her or that, that administration, the first um, priority is to take care of her, which would be the Black Americans, African-Americans, Latino-Americans, because demographics show that they are the, they are the, the demographics that push the um, Democratic Party to win all the seats that they have. So we, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying let's, let's temper our um, excitement, I won't say temper our excitement, but temper our expectations that, you know, it's going to be uh, just because of our heritage that uh -huh. yeah. it's, it's going to be open door policy for Caribbean American people. I, I don't think it's going to be like that. No, because um, that's a question that has been raised that um, maybe the Caribbean is expecting too much from Harris because her being vice president and having connection to the Caribbean does not change the fact that she's obligated to the American people. So some, maybe we are expecting too much. Right, because remember, in, 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 many, in many cases, right, for example, um, when, when the Caribbean people start, first started to migrate to America, in mass in the 1940s, 1950s, there was, there is still a big disconnect between the Caribbean American community and the African American community. They don't, they don't um, readily blend as one, right? Most, most people when they, when they go to the Caribbean, when they go to America and they end up in love with somebody or marrying somebody, mm -hmm. seven out of 10 times is somebody of front, from the own island or from another Caribbean island. You don't, you don't see this, you know, I don't know what it is, but you don't see this, um, this big crossover between the Caribbean American communities and the African American communities because there are, although the histories are similar, there are some nuances that are just different. Uh, let me put that in, that, um, that we don't, um, we as Caribbean American people don't, don't readily, I mean, I guess you say, uh, are attracted to not not physically, but somebody might be a third generation Caribbean, African American person with Caribbean heritage. So yeah, okay, you're good with them because there's certain, um, I guess I guess you say there's certain styles about Caribbean people that attract Caribbean people versus mm -hmm. us migrating to people who are strictly African American. So. These are, these are some of the things that we have to just bear in mind going forward. And we know the, 
we know we're Caribbean people, no matter which island. We have big expectations. Boy, you know, Kamala really let me down, you know. She never do this, and she never do this. Boy, you don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very interesting indeed. Well, folks, that wraps up another segment of Caribbean Connection Wednesdays. Thomas, thank you so much. No Renee, problem. thank you for joining in. Um, we had a few other people who uh, wanted to join in, but um, they have other commitments. So probably next week we'll have Dervin from Jamaica joining us again. Um, I think it's a good mix because sometimes, you know, busy schedules doesn't allow us to always be here. Um, but, you know, if we can get one or two people jumping in on the conversation, it helps to add some diversity um, to the entire discourse. So, Thomas, have a lovely week. Yeah. Renee, uh, have a great week as well. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank um, you. Just uh, quick before you go. Um, sure. Just, just some um Interesting points. And Grilla just says, uh, just says today or today or yesterday, they just um, have a new female governor. It's oh. a, a, a lady from England, not an English lady, but uh, a lady of British citizenship is now a female governor in um, Anguilla. I feel and like then, we've reported this before. Was she officially sworn in today? Yes. Um, okay. Yesterday, I would say. I would say uh -huh. yesterday. And um, Bermuda has a female governor. First time we have had a female governor, a black mm. female governor, let me put it that way. And in St. Lucia, yesterday, they, uh, the government had to um, put out a ban on liquor sales because, it's, they, according to their logic, it's adding to the spread of COVID with people um, being intoxicated. Mm. So that's some news stories there for Renee to follow up. I can already see she's jotting some of those down. I'll send her the, um, the link. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate that because we do like to keep um, everyone up to date on those things. So Renee, uh, thank you again. Um, Thomas, thank you so much. Always well informed. And um, let me just uh, do a couple more tidbits of news information before we leave. So have a look at this. This guy um, was just pardoned by President Trump even before he's been convicted of anything. So within hours uh, of President Trump, before he left office, he pardoned Bannon and other allies. This is Stephen K. Bannon, the former White House chief strategist who was charged with defrauding political donors who supported building a border wall that Mr. Trump advocated. And Elliot Broidy, one of the one of his top funded uh, fundraisers, sorry, in 2016, among other people. So Bannon was indicted and arrested in August by federal prosecutors in Manhattan on charges related to the money raised to promote the construction of this wall, um, long sought by President Trump, which never really became much of reality, by the way. Um, Broidy, on the other hand, a fundraiser for the president pleaded guilty last year to conspiring to violate, so he's pled guilty, <clears throat> conspiring to violate foreign lobbying laws as part of a covert, covert campaign to influence administration on behalf of Chinese and Malaysian interests. Wow. And they're always talking about wanting to throw China under the rug, really. But yet they were willing to try to influence um, the Chinese and Malaysian 
uh, interest here. So the pardon for Bannon was described as a preemptive move that would effectively wipe away the charges against him should he be convicted. It was particularly remarkable because he had not been uh, charged with a crime, um, but he has been, sorry, charged with a crime, but has not yet stood trial. So an overwhelming majority of pardons are actually um, done once a person has been convicted and sentenced. Not in this case. And there was a bit of back and forth, apparently, within the White House itself, because a lot of his advisors were recommending that he not do it. Um, so, you know, Bannon was just one of those uh, situations that a lot of his advisors were not in agreement with. Uh, as usual, Trump does not take advice very well. So around 9 p.m. last night, he changed his mind. Um, they were saying that at one point it looks like he wasn't going to do it, and then he changed his mind again last night, and he decided to do it. Um, Trump and Bannon spoke by phone during the day as the president was weighing his pardon, and Bannon's allies tried to apply pressure to make it happen while his detractors pushed the president not to go ahead with it. Um, so, of course, Bannon was instrumental in helping the president uh, win his campaign um, back in 2016. He had an extraordinarily messy split with Trump in August of 2017, prompting him to leave the White House. But Bannon was supportive of Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election, helping heal the rift between them. So that seems like a back and forth relationship. And in addition to that, there were some other, um, there's a total of 143 people granted pardons or commutations um, in the final hours of the President Trump's presidency, including two rappers. So Little Wayne, his proper name is Dwayne Michael Carter Jr., who's pled guilty in December to having illegally possessed a gold-plated 45 caliber Glock handgun and ammunition, which in his case is a problem because he's a felon. Uh, so he got the benefit of the um, pardons. And Bill Capri, also known as Kodak Black, who was sentenced in 2009 to nearly four years in prison after pleading guilty to lying and background paperwork while trying to buy guns as well. Uh, he was also pardoned, so he's one of the 143 people. He also gave clemency to Kwame Kilpatrick, the former mayor of Detroit, who left office in 2008 after he was convicted of obstruction of justice and perjury. So shocking, but there you have it. So Trump has uh, granted clemency to 143 people. And again, there is a list that you can go to um, on the website and you can actually see exactly who all of those individuals are. So the Supreme Court has already ruled that the Constitution gives presidents unlimited authority to grant pardons which excuse or forgive a federal crime. A computation, by contrast, makes the punishment milder without wiping out the underlying conviction. And there have been a ton of them, folks. So check it out. Mostly his friends, his uh, rich friends and colleagues, but there are a few people um, on the bottom of the scale who get the benefit of it as well. Not as many, though.
Um, Paul Manafort, for example, his 2016 campaign chair was sentenced to seven and a half years imprisonment. Manafort is 71 years old. And uh, he also, um, you know, got convicted for his role in a decade-long multi-million dollar financial fraud scheme for his work in the former Soviet Union. And he now um, is benefiting from a Trump pardon. Although he was already released from jail in May because of the pandemic. Unbelievable and shocking. Uh, Big shout out to Larry in New York. Thank you, Larry, for sharing this beautiful photo of what the weather in New York looks like today. Um, He said there are flurries, uh, no heavy snow, but my gosh, it is just a beautiful picture. Absolutely gorgeous photo. I know a lot of us can't wait until we can travel again. And it's moments like this that uh, we love the ability to share photos amongst each other and to just, you know, have that reach. Um, no matter where we are in the world, we can see exactly what's going on here in the Cayman Islands. Things are looking a little bit bleak outside. Um, it's a lot of overcast. I suspect that it will be a rainy day off and on here. Voter registration. One final remember, folks. Today is the deadline. Voter registration deadline. We suggest that you guys get on it. If you have any questions, if you need to change your address, your name, you've got until 7 o'clock this evening to get to the elections office. Please do not miss this opportunity. If you are eligible to vote, get your documents in, folks. It's easy. There are um, requirements, of course, in terms of supporting documentation. But to be quite frank, none of it is really all of that difficult. Do you guys remember Calypso? This parrot has the most amazing stories to tell every time he gets away. Because a couple of weeks ago, about a week and a half ago, we announced that Calypso had gone missing again. Now, last year, Calypso went missing. and Amazingly, some people on um, our platform saw that he was missing and then found the bird. And we did a whole live stream. I don't know if you guys remember this. We did a whole live interview with the gentleman who found Calypso. And they were like, yeah, you know, we watched CMR. We were listening and boom, here comes Calypso. Um, And he got away more recently. Calypso likes to get out. He, he likes to see what's going on in the world. And can you believe that Calypso was actually found again this time? I mean, this little fella is like the most amazing. Uh, he has the most amazing good fortune. So Calypso has been reunited again with his family. And um, yeah, he's an African gray parrot. So Calypso, stay home. He first went missing in in, uh, February of um, last year, 2020. I'm going to, hold on, I'm going to put the link here in case you guys missed it, because it's such an amazing story of how he was found that time. Uh, There's some people house-sitting him, and I guess Calypso was like, where's my mama? And he went looking for her, and he got out. So this time around, he got out, but now he is back home again. So good, good for Calypso. Calypso, stay home now. Stay home. So the traffic in the Eastern Districts at Louise, thank you for this video. I love it. I'm going to play it again. Back to life. Back to reality. Back to life. Back to reality. Back to life. Back- yes, back to reality. 
Woo, it's only Wednesday. Well, the people who were having to contend with the traffic since the holidays, um, they got a little bit of a reprieve during the hol holiday break. They are back to reality. And even my poor husband has to sit in it in the morning because uh, he does the morning drop off. And he, he was saying this morning, oh my gosh, this traffic is next level crazy. He's like, what on earth? We got to get up earlier. We got to leave out earlier. I was like, irks. What a hot mess. Um, I don't know what to say. Somebody just sent me a, a link here. Um, and they said I should end the show with this. So let's see what it is. I've not previewed it. I've not seen it. Um, so I don't know what it is, but they said this is in relation to Trump leaving. So let us pull it up. Uh, it's only a minute and a bit. So, um, give me one second here. We will end the show with this on their recommendation. Why not? Let's do it. So give me one second, pull this up. Tracy says that's such a feel good story. Um, about the parrot. Yes, child, this little parrot Calypso. Um, to answer your question about supplies, how much goods and services will be impacted? I don't see um, any reason why we would have any uh, impact other than COVID. I mean, obviously COVID has created um, some issues in terms of, um, you know, if you've noticed the, the shelves at the grocery store, there are certain brand names and stuff that we're just not able to get. And I think that will continue for the foreseeable future. Um, again, 400 people, 400,000 people have now died in America alone from the, um, from the coronavirus, from COVID-19. So that's a stark number. Whilst the president downplayed it, um, as his niece said, honestly, um, his policies may have directly led to that number being so high. It is the highest number in the world. And it counts for 20% of COVID deaths um, in the world have occurred in America. So um, thank you for our listener who uh, sent in this um, clip. Like I said, I don't know what it is, uh, but let's have a listen. Let's watch it and see what, what they've got to say. Put him full screen so we can get the full impact of the video. There we go, folks. Enjoy your day. We'll see you tomorrow morning. So I'm going to leave now. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 I'm out of here. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay? Bye-bye. 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 Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for coming. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Go have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bing. Bing. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye to Iowa. Bye bye. And to other places. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye folks. Bye bye folks. That's it. Bye bye. Wave goodbye. Bye bye. Bye everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 See you sometime. Bye-bye. We're finished. We're finished. Goodbye, everybody. And that's the end. And everyone says, oh, that was fine.
Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 